We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If anything wild happens uh, on this Wednesday night slate, we got eight games coming at us. We will not be held accountable for it. Uh, that'll be covered on the Friday edition of the pod. Make sure you tune into that. It'll be Alex and Ken this week. Uh, Alex, how are you? Uh, looking forward to diving into your uh, kind of buy or sell article uh, that went up on Rotowire earlier this week. Yeah, I'm doing well. I, th- I just figured now is a good time. You know, we're approaching the proverbial sort of halfway point through the season. Yeah. I think a lot of teams after the new year sort of lock down and they, they start really getting into their, uh, they commit to a style and uh, now is a good time in fantasy before the trade deadline chatter gets too hot to try to move off of some of these guys or, or make moves on some yeah. guys who could really benefit once the deadline approaches. Yeah, we're still a, a solid, you know, month, month and a half away uh, from, from the trade deadline. So you do have plenty of time, but yeah, like you said, it, it doesn't really feel like we're already nearing the halfway point, but by the end of next week, we will have teams that have played their 40th game of the year. So we, we are, we are almost there. You know, the, we, we try to preach this every year. The all-star break is not the halfway point by any means. It's more like the two thirds break. Um, so, you know, if you're not feeling great about where you're sitting in some leagues, you know, on one hand, you have plenty of time on the other half the season's over and you really got to you know make some hay uh, over these last several weeks. So we will try to help you do that. Um, so, so take us through, you know, the, the way that you framed out this piece and, you know, some of the teams and players that you ended up digging in on. Yeah, this was sort of a, a dive into the bottom of the barrel of the NBA, which is essentially the, the Spurs, Rockets, Hornets, and Pistons, the definitive four worst teams in the NBA. And I sort of looked at their, their team situation, you know, who are the veterans on their team, who are the young guys on their team, and what they might try to do moving forward, and whether or not um, anybody who's 
heavily rostered on fantasy teams are at serious risk of being dealt and their role kind of being destroyed. And then on the other hand, how many younger, what younger guys on this team could sort of break out in the, in the second half. Yeah. So, you know, Hornets, Pistons, Rockets, Spurs, uh, you know, kind of, kind of the big four when it comes to tanking right now. Uh, I think some other teams will, will likely enter that mix as we get toward the end of the year, but um, starting with the Hornets, specifically uh you know I, I know we talked in our last episode about you know them kind of being at this weird impasse where i think they unlike some of these other teams that they, they maybe have a faster return to competition uh timeline that a team like detroit does or a team like uh you know the rockets or the spurs so I, how do you see them kind of approaching this roster as the deadline nears i did i didn't think about this as much in the middle uh or earlier before because I think Miles Bridges sort of exited all of our minds. And, you know, we so when thinking about the Hornets and what they might do at the deadline, I think the, the sort of initial thought was like, this team actually has a ton of veterans. Like you have Corgan Hayward, even though he's hard to trade, you have Mason Plumley, you have Rozier, and I guess you can throw Oubre into there too. He's 27 years old. And it's like, actually, you know, Hornets, if they can find a way to move all these guys, they could, they could really sort of jumpstart a nice, uh, I guess it would be a rebuild at that point. But then, you know, Woj reports that Bridges and the Hornets are close to a contract. And yeah, Bridges will probably be suspended by the NBA. Who knows how long, maybe 25 games or so. It seems like that's sort of in the range that it might be. But the reality is if you're if they're going to get Miles Bridges again, they probably think, well, hey, we won 43 games last year with Bridges. We get Bridges back. Um we saw him doing extension next year. We should be a winning team. So why would we trade Gordon Hayward? Why would we trade Plumlee or Rozier or Ubre or any of these guys? So I don't think those are as obvious sell high candidates as they, as they were before this bridges news. But of course you still have to look out for the uh, quote unquote injuries in late March and early April, but that affects almost every team in the NBA. It just depends to what extent the Hornets decide to do it. Yeah, luckily we have not really hit that point. I think where we're actually questioning the validity of injuries. Uh, I think the NBA feared that that would be a bigger issue this season. And look, I'm not saying it's not going to be. You know, once once we hit March and April, uh, I, I do think that avalanche is coming. But uh, yeah, kind of kind of a tough team to figure out are the Hornets. Uh, Detroit. I mean, it, it kind of feels like they're by default they're already in kind of a, a post deadline mode. Uh, you know, Bogdanovich is, is obviously the big name who they would part with. And I feel like with each passing week, that becomes more and more likely. If you just go to Detroit's basketball reference page, you know, it has that cool graph of wins and losses, wins in green, losses in red. There's a lot of red, uh, especially over the last two months. It's overwhelmingly red. Uh, this team is, is clearly going nowhere. I, I don't think Bogdanovich at this age um, is really somebody they consider part of their core as, as great of a veteran leader as he may be. So if they were to part ways, with Bogdanovich one, how, how are you handling that? If you have him on your team and two, is there anybody you think who would either be coming back in a trade or, or someone on this roster who could get a boost? Yeah. The Bogdanovich is sort of an experiment by them. Like, Hey, let's, let's add this guy. Maybe we'll try to be competitive. It just didn't work even when he was available and when Cade was available, I think they would be smart to trade him because his trade value, I think is actually pretty high right now. He's been playing really well. Um, I'd be worried if he got dealt, if if I was rostering him, like I am rostering him in a decent amount of leagues, I'm going to strongly consider trading him. But I think there are some situations where he still ends up playing 26 minutes a game for some uh, contender and putting up, you know, still 16, 17 points a game. 
So I don't think you have to like panic. I don't think he's going to get traded somewhere and start averaging like 11 points. But um, to me, it's just that's Sadiq Bay. They trade Bojan. We're back to Sadiq Bay time. Mm-hmm. And his three-point shooting is still really up and down. I don't really understand what's happening with that. But when he's played 30 minutes, at least 30 minutes this season, he's averaging 17-5-2 and two with a steal. That's just a guy you have to roster in fantasy. Yeah, I, I think you're right on Sadiq Bay. He's just like quietly biding his time, uh, you know, staying late after practice, taking extra shots. People forget right. he, he had a 51 point game he did. late last season. Uh, he made 10 threes, 51 points, nine rebounds, four assists uh, against the Orlando Magic. Uh, actually, had a really strong overall uh, close to the season. If, if you just look at like his final 20 games, he was at 18 points, uh, almost three threes a game, 36% from three. So, yeah, I, I think his time is coming. You know, it kind of feels like he's taken a step back after a pretty encouraging rookie year, relatively encouraging second year. And he's just kind of been the odd man out with Bogdanovich in the mix. I I think you're exactly right about what to expect from Bogdanovich. Like, it's not like you just have to cut him or trade him. You know, I I think there's definitely a sell high case for Bogdanovich, but uh, I think this could maybe be a good seg to to get into the Spurs. I view him in the same breath as I do someone like Jakob Pertl, who chances are, if he's being traded, he's probably going to a good team that doesn't need him to play 30 minutes a night. And in Bogdanovich's case, they don't need him to take 18 shots a night and play 35 minutes. Like I think both of those guys are at risk of joining vastly better basketball situations. Yeah. I labeled a lot of these guys I've labeled as ticking time bombs. Um, and I describe Pirtle being the most nuclear of all of these because he is on a expiring $9.4 million contract, which pretty much means he's gettable for any team in the NBA that thinks they need him. Like he is, he's he's one of the easiest veterans. He's 27 years old. He's basically in his prime. You can just get by. You can just get Pirtle. And I don't think the Spurs will necessarily like hold out for some big, or I don't even think they can even really get some big package for Pirtle yeah, given right. the situation. So yeah, and he could he could just end up go uh, be a legit backup center for somebody. You know, um, I I you you can you'll go down the candidates. Like I'm sure Denver would appreciate. Uh, not having to lean on DeAndre Jordan. Uh, <laughs> they never example. should have signed Jordan in the first place. They should not have put themselves in that position. No, no, they shouldn't have. But there are some other teams as well. Like I'm sure Phoenix would love to sort of, you know, uh, you upgrade from Biombo and from Jock Landale. Yeah. Uh, or Dallas maybe is interested in someone like that. So I think um, he'll get moved. And then it opens up, that opens up minutes for Zach Collins and Charles Bassey. I think Collins has been rosterable in 14 team leagues almost all season. Uh, definitely a four game week guy and nine cat. Not so much because his turnovers are crazy, but they feature him a lot. He's great per minute. Um, and then Bassie Bassie's looked really good too when they give him extended time. But the problem is he's on a two way deal. So that's a little more risky. If you yeah. want it, you can pick him up now. If you have the spot, I, I think he's played well enough to earn a standard contract, but it's just, it's not, it's not there yet. Yeah, you mentioned it with Pirtle. I mean, two-thirds of the league, I think, would at least consider taking in yeah. Pirtle. Like, any team that views itself as a playoff contender uh, would add him. I mean, he's making, like, no money this year, and he's 27. He's he's expiring. Like, there's no commitment at all. Um, and if, if you like what you see, you could sign him to an extension and take him through, what, his age 31 season, age 30 season? So mm-hmm. I, I think there's a lot to like there, very low risk. And like you said, I mean, the Spurs have not exactly – you know, been the type of team that is like gouging other teams in, in trades. You know, I, I think if anything, there's been a few that kind of leave you wondering, like, could you have gotten more? Uh, obviously the Kawhi deal being number one among those. I, I think they got a, 
a relative bargain for DeJounte Murray, but ultimately, you know, I think Murray has looked pretty good in Atlanta, uh, even, even as the Hawks haven't been all that great. Uh, that was probably a, a fair value, but the point is going to be available. Uh, I think it, maybe it's one of those situations where so many teams are bidding that he does actually fetch right. a decent return. Yeah. I, the main thing for fantasy is I would just, I would get rid of him as soon as possible. Like, and, yeah. and the thing is he right now, um, eight cap per game. He's ranked, what is he ranked? 80th. So, I mean, I think if you can get any top 100 player for him, you should probably just do it. Yeah, that's where I would do it. I would do it sooner than later, too. I mean, like, yeah, chances are it's more likely that a deal happens at the deadline, but the Spurs are not a team where they're like, all right, we need a couple more weeks and see if we can get this turned around. It's like this trade could happen literally any day. Like the, the Spurs know exactly, you know, the team that they are at this point. So yeah, I, I think you're right. You know, I would find somebody with a secure role, a team that's not going to be, you know, necessarily shopping for additions that could impact that role uh, over the, the the home stretch of the season. What about the Houston Rockets? What, what are we looking at there? Is it, is it just Eric Gordon? It's just Eric Gordon. I was actually, you know, I think I kind of knew this in the back of my head, but of the really bad teams, the Rockets have done a pretty good job of just staying young. Yeah. You know, Gordon's the only guy. I mean, they've, they've held on to him for too long, like three. <laughs> well, they, losing they've been seasons. trying to trade him for like five years. It feels like. It's just his contract is so bad and he's just, he's always hurt. Um, and he's not having a good year right now, which is also a problem. But the the problem is, first of all, nobody rosters Eric Gordon. So um, there's nothing to do you with that. Yourself, but, right, exactly. Um, we've all been there in the past. I The problem is there's just no direct sort of plug and play guy. Like when Gordon, Gordon doesn't play back-to-backs. Um, when he doesn't, they put Kenyon Martin in the lineup. And then they also give more minutes to like Garrison Matthews. And then Josh Christopher gets a little bit more. The thing is, ultimately, I think it's Tari Eason, who is a, the sleeping giant of like kind of fantasy on this team. They're just not comparable players at all. But um, in nine cap formats, Eason's the 34th ranked player per minute. And per 36 minutes, he's averaging 16 points, 10 boards, 2.3 steals, uh, uh, like assisting a half and a block. So if, if Eason can just start getting closer to 25 minutes, really consistently, he's he's going to be a must roster in 12 teamers. It's just that I don't know where those minutes come from. Cause they're not going to sit Jabari Smith. They're not going to sit Shangoon. They like Kenyon Martin. They're not going to sit him. Like all these guys are young. So it's not, it's not an easy move. Um, but in general, I also don't think buying low, like I, you could buy low on Jalen green and Jabari Smith. And I don't think that's a bad move. You know, when teams, when March and April comes around, teams are trying a lot less. And we saw Jalen Green pop off at the end of last year in that situation. So buy low on those guys if you can, I, I think. Jalen Smith, or uh, not Jalen Smith, Jabari Smith, excuse me, uh, ranks ahead of Bancaro in nine cat per game value, which is, is a little janky. You know, I mean, part of it is Bancaro just doesn't really add anything on defense. And then the bigger part of it is the free throw percentage and, and high turnover rate for Bancaro. So it, it sounds kind of crazy to say a guy shooting 38% from the field is a better fantasy player, but uh, depending on your, your roster construction, that is the case. I mean, Smith's up over a block per game. He's at two made threes per game. That's been a lot more consistent. And this is also true for Bancaro, but I think Smith is just going to continue to play huge minutes over yeah. the rest of the way. I mean, there, there might, there might be some games where he's at like, you know, 36 to 40 minutes at the end of the year when they're really throwing in the towel. Well, and I think he's been, I just, I, I think they would be smart to try to feature him more somehow. 
I, I don't know exactly what that looks like. Yeah. Although I will say over the past, he's taken double digit shot attempts in each of the past seven games. That's been bad. He's slashing 39, 22, 80 and taking less than one free throw a game in those, in those. But at some point you got to just say, listen, man, like whatever we can do to get this guy more offense, we got to just do it. Uh, back to Eric Gordon, by the way. Uh, sorry, I was I was just kind of lost in his uh, hoops type page. He signed <laughs> he signed two separate four year deals with the Rockets. Yeah, what what is going on? I mean, he signed a a four year fifty three million dollar deal in the summer of twenty sixteen. That was when everybody was getting paid, and then four years later, signs another four year extension. Like I, I feel like I feel like by twenty nineteen, when he signed the second of those deals, like it felt like he was already like not worth that money. And then they just did it again. I, I don't get it. He's also 34. Like, has anybody gone from 29 to 34 faster than Eric Gordon? He must have dirt on Tillman Fertitta or something. 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 Yeah. People forget, by the way, Eric Gordon was the number one player in that high school class over Derek Rose. There's I mean, Eric pedigree. Gordon, Eric Gordon in his prime was very good. Like a Pretty very nasty. good scorer. Um, but yeah, it's just the injuries caught up to him really fast. Eric Gordon, Los Angeles Clipper, just that just feels like that never oh, yeah. happened. And it did. It it absolutely happened. I mean, he averaged twenty two a game for the Clippers in 2010-11. Like that just that just feels like it was 30 years ago to me. And four assists. The Rotowire NBA pod is brought to you by Pickett. Pickett is a social bet tracking app that takes all the hassle out of tracking your bets and your betting performance over time. Pickett connects to all of the major US sports books like DraftKings and FanDuel and others. Uh, as well as all the major DFS pick'em providers, such as Prize Picks, Underdog Fantasy, and Thrive. Once you hook up all your sports books, Pickett does the heavy lifting from there to slice and dice your betting data. You'll get detailed historical PL, you'll get graphs, unique breakdowns by team, sport, player, bet type, etc. Uh, you get the gist. You can also line shop for the best odds across your link sports books to make sure that whatever you're betting, you are getting the most bang for your buck. When your bets are live, you could track the scores and stats of all the games you bet on, as well as get player prop updates from most major player prop markets. That means no more switching between your sportsbook app and different score apps. Uh, I, I usually use ESPN, so if I, you know, if I if I have Prize Picks going or you know a DraftKings lineup, I'm, I'm always shuffling between apps, closing one out, not realizing that I closed it out. Uh, so getting all those notifications in one spot via the Picket app is huge. I actually love that idea. I think that's my favorite feature about this app. Again, no more opening, reopening, closing, NBA box scores every five minutes. It's all right there in the Picket app. By far, the differ biggest differentiator, however, is that Picket syncs your betting history and all your bets from all legal major sports books. So there is no manual entry required to track your bets. Again, no manual entry. It links directly to the sports books. You don't have to you know double type everything down and keep it like a little notebook. It automatically logs everything for you. Once you have those accounts linked, it's pretty much effortless from there. The social feed, the community is what turns Picket from just a bet tracking app to a home for betting. When you can learn from others, you can tail people, you can go against people, you can see what others are doing. You can find verified content to inform your betting decisions. Visit Picket.com. That's P-I-K-K-I-T.com to download the Picket app today. Again, that's Picket. P-I-K-K-I-T. So let's play a game of who would you rather roster the rest of the season, uh, and then we'll get out of here. I, I got a bunch of matchups for you. I, as I kind of scan through the list here, I might add a few more on the fly, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll 
get your answer on these. Uh, I'll weigh in as well, and then we'll we'll move on. Who would you rather have the rest of the year, Kevin Durant or Shea Gilgis Alexander? Ooh, um, I think KD. Um, okay. I I'm actually not as concerned as I used to be about the Thunder sitting guys because I think they I think they're a little too good to really be in the Wembenyama sweepstakes right now and I also think SGA is proving to be potential superstar in the near future and I think you want to if you're if you're if you really believe in that guy and you see it I think you want to get that guy in the playoffs if you can, or at least not shy away from it. So I'm not as convinced as I used to be. And of course, Durant's injury history is a bit concerning, but mm-hmm. he's just playing at such an insane level. I think they're they're risky for different reasons, but I would just rather have Durant. Yeah, I think that's why why it's interesting is you know KD age and injury versus SGA uh, somewhat injury, but mostly rest. And with with KD, I mean I. I, I stayed away from him. I made a point to not draft him. Um, it, it wasn't that I thought he had really fallen off skill-wise. It was just, look, I mean, this guy had played 55 games last year, uh, 32 games the year before that, uh, missed an entire season before that. Like, it was just a, a rough track record for somebody approaching 35. He's missed one game so far. I mean, I, I obviously, you could we could say all year, well, that injury is still coming. Maybe it is, but, I mean, this has been the absolute best case so far. He's playing out of his mind, man. He's playing like he's in his prime. And um, I, I don't know what else to say. He's, 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 he's playing like prime Durant. Yeah, he's been insane. All right. Uh, who would you rather have rest of the year? And you know, we're, we're talking current situation. Uh, so you, you don't get to fast forward at all. Carl Anthony Towns or Pascal Siakam? I think that I want Siakam. Um, Towns is the better fantasy player per game right now, mm-hmm. but to me, they Siakam is the number one option on that team. They've gotten good seasons. Out that Aganobi's having a great season. Van Vliet is still, you know, like very good, but they just lean on Siakam so much. Like he's often he's playing forty minutes a game relatively often. He just feels more steady to me, mm-hmm. and. I think um, I like that assist production a lot. If you, some of this might be team um, based on team need, you know, like if you need assists, you go Siakam. If you need threes, you go Towns, that sort of a thing. But I would just rather have Siakam. He feels way safer. I'm with you. I'm with you. And, you know, I think you know, part of it too is, of course, you're, we, we don't really have a for sure date on when Carl Anthony Towns is back. Uh, Towns and Siakam are, are basically equal in per game value. Um, and I, I do think, you know, if we're, if we're taking into account, you know, preseason expectations, like there's still this belief that when Towns is at his best and Siakam is at his best, Towns is probably the better player and, and the better fantasy player. But I just, I don't know that we're going to see that this year. I, I think this team, what, like what have they shown us either when he's been healthy or when he's been out that when Towns is back in the mix, like it's just going to be this great seamless fit. Like this, this just looks like a team that doesn't really like playing with each other. No, and this is something we talked about, I think, really early in the year, how you can just build a you can build a really good and safe fantasy roster by just investing in st- stable teams. Yes. Um, like 
the Raptors and the Trailblazers, for example, and and other guys like that who you know are just stable in their roles. So, yeah, I would just have way more confidence in, in Siakam. Alternatively, you could target Rudy Gobert and Kawhi Leonard and just hope that <laughs> everything magically goes well and then see how that works for you. Uh, all right. Would you rather roster Rudy Gobert or Nicholas Claxton? Oh, now, wow. This is a real question. Nick Claxton, 37th in nine cat per game value. Rudy Gobert, 43rd in nine cat per game value. Uh, they're also very close in eight cat value. Yep. And I would rather roster Gobert. Uh, okay. As much as we, we sort of uh, harped on Gobert, I think, I don't know. You know, with Ben Simmons playing so well, the, the mix between him and Claxton still isn't great. So I'd be worried that there are some times that Claxton's going to play like 20 minutes or the rebounds won't be a, as there. Um, and I just, I think Gobert, Gobert obviously has room to grow. I'm just not sure Claxton has room to grow beyond this. I think, I think Claxton is for this, for this season, I think Claxton is at his ceiling and I think Gobert is at his floor. So I would rather invest in Gobert. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, the blocks are what are really separating Claxton. Uh, obviously, neither of them are, are pluses at the free throw line. Claxton's a significantly worse free throw shooter than Gobert, which is saying a lot. But he also takes you know half as many attempts, so it's not quite as damaging. Um, but yeah, I mean, the bottom line is one guy's averaging 2.3 blocks per game and the other's at 1.2. Uh, you, you could guess who's who there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Uh, would you rather roster Zion Williamson or Bradley Beal? Oh boy. Um, you know, I have Beal on a few teams and the injuries are starting to, <laughs> they're getting under my skin a little bit. I'm like, you know, I felt like I kind of called, I felt like I kind of called it. I was like, I think Bradley Beal is back. I think he's going to play really well and he just can't stay on the floor. I, I'm going to lean Zion. I think what we've seen out of him now, Ingram is going to come back, obviously. Who knows when that'll be? Cause he's been day to day for like uh, the half the season. But um, what, what Zion has done in December is, is, is just so convincing to me that you have to play like this. He's averaging 29, eight and six. And just dominating the offensive end, he looks unguardable. I mean, he's looked like that at points throughout his career. But the Pelicans just continue, they continue to win games with him. I mean, they've lost, they've lost four games this month. And I think Zion was out for, was he, well, he played, he he's played missed, in he's the last three, he missed the last three games, but still. They've like, won all just, three of those. Yeah. I would just rather have Zion, man. He looks he just looks unbelievable right now. Kind of wild that he might be like the more reliable player health-wise with with how many of these just kind of weird injuries Beal's had. I mean, Beal missed half of last season. Obviously, Zion missed the entire season. I, I don't know if we're ever going to get to the point with Zion where you feel super comfortable having him on your roster, but I, I'm I'm certainly not there with Beal either. Uh, I, I'm with you. I, I think Zion's a more fun player to roster at this point. Um, you know, the, the, he's been out due to like, a, you know, an illness, COVID. Like, it's not like he's really dealt with an injury. Um, you know, the, the assists are up this year. The steals are up. Still waiting on blocks. Still waiting on him to become any sort of threat from three. Uh, but the, the field goal percentage is, you know, really, really steady right at 60%. Free throw percentage up slightly. So I, I think there are a lot of uh, positive indications with Zion where his numbers are pretty much in line with what he was doing a couple of years ago. But I think given the time off and, and how many questions there were during that time period, like I, th I think what Zion has given you so far as we near the halfway point is pretty close to the best case scenario, even though he's only played 25 games, which the Pelicans just haven't played that many as a team. Like he's only missed eight, you know, in the context of this season, that's not that bad. No, no, that's fine. All right. We're getting a little wild here. Who would you rather roster bowl bowl or Kelly Olenek? <laughs> Two, two of the two guys I don't think are hanging out too often in the offseason. Whoa. Um, <laughs> this is crazy. 
I think um, this really this really caught me off guard. I think um, I'll, I'll say I, this to give you I'll, I'll buy you a little more time to think. They rank 70th and 71st respectively in per game value. Uh, yeah, believe me, I'm I am frantically looking at the uh, <laughs> the numbers right now. I I think I might go Olenek. Um, Bull he Bull is slowed down. And I don't think it's going to pick back up again that soon, if ever again, this season. Partially because when O'Carter's back, not, like the the Magic are as close to... This is like the healthiest they've been all year. And Carter's working his way back still, but he's going he's gonna to be back soon in terms of like playing his full complement of minutes. And I don't think they can... Mo Wagner, the other Wagner has been playing too good to bench. I don't think you can like bench Mo Wagner. You got to keep playing him. And Suggs is going to come back. And then you also have Jonathan Isaac looming. We've been saying that for three years. But looming. Very much looming. He is he is looming. I uh and then Olenek, of course, of course Olenek is uh another another guy who could get traded, right? Like he could get traded at the deadline depending on what the Jazz do. But I think whoever takes him will still play him 20 minutes a game and you know let him do his thing. Um, but for now, I think I think I would rather have Olenek. But it's really close. It really is close. Uh, but it's you know it's a legitimate question. Like it's it's kind of a joke comparison. But these are two guys who are you know starters in a lot of leagues. I I, I think I lean Olenek as well. Uh, you know, part of it is when you dig into the numbers on Bull. It's like obviously he's done enough to be a top 75 guy. That's that's pretty remarkable in its own right, but he's definitely not been as good over the last couple of weeks as he was, you know, like mid November is when it felt like every night, you know, you, you, yeah. you'd see a tweet and these crazy highlights and he still, he still has the highlight plays, but I think those have now like superseded his night to night value. Like last 10 games, he's at 10 points, 5.8 rebounds under one assist under one steal, barely over a block. Uh, you know, the field goal percentage is really good. Uh, free throw percentage is come and gone. Doesn't take very many. And he's giving you less than one three. So like, you know, if you, over his last 10 games, he basically hasn't really been startable. Yeah. I mean, one of my, I think this was a couple months ago, right when the Trey Young drama was happening, I wrote an article about like questions. There's like, uh, you know, sort of questions to follow over the next month or so in the NBA season. And the magic's rotation was one of them. I was like, these, this guy, these guys are going to get healthy. And then what happens? Like they just have so many guys and, you got to worry about guys like bowl and um, I mean, Bamba is going to be pretty much done here soon, but yeah, you mentioned it over the past month or so. He's just, he just hasn't been that good of a fantasy player. He's been okay. He's been rosterable. You can start him, but it's, it's not, it's, it's not great. Okay. So Nikola Jokic is the number four player in nine cat per game. Uh, I believe he's also number four in eight cat. Oh, he's number three, excuse me, in eight, eight cat per game. Uh, he's been fantastic over the last month, starting to look like, you know, more of the Jokic that we saw last year, maybe even better in some categories. Would you take Nikola Jokic or the field going forward? You could choose any other player. Who would you rather roster the rest of the year? Jokic or anyone else? Jokic. Yeah. Jokic. I think he's just so durable. He provides, um, Great free throw percentage, like a position of scarcity uh, that usually is in the go get free throw percentage. He's just, he's out of his mind right now, man. 
I think, you know, I think Embiid, Embiid's the best player in fantasy per game, cat, And it's not by a massive margin, though. And Embiid's injury history still still worries me. Yep. And, you know, the other guys on the list, Durant, obviously we talked about him. SGA talked about him. Curry's hurt. AD is hurt. Doncic's free throw percentage caps his upside. Tatum's just too far down the list, and everyone else is too far down the list, in my opinion. I think the only reason that Jokic doesn't rank number one overall is that scarcity is factored in with the blocks, and you know Embiid just has a big edge there. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Anthony Davis is still ahead of him. Uh, blocks being the main reason why there. So, um, you know, it, it's another one of those things where you're, you're splitting hairs, and it, it totally depends how you built your team. Like if you have, if you have someone like Nick Claxton, who's just racking up blocks, uh, maybe you're not so worried about that. Uh, but no, I'm with you. I, I think Jokic is far and away the best bet the rest of the way. Just does not have the, the free throw percentage concerns. Like you said, I mean, he's, he's not it's sneakily under 80% on the year, but obviously that's, that's not devastating. Uh, you'd prefer that be a little bit higher. I mean, he was at 87% two seasons ago, big part of the reason that he was lapping the field as the number one player, but yeah, I'm with you. I think you could you could kind of poke holes in everybody else's case. And as we always say with Jokic, I mean, one of the things that makes him the, the best fantasy player in the game is he, he just doesn't get hurt. It's it's insane. Like, are we do we do we need to reevaluate how we train athletes? Like, is is this going to like Doncic and Jokic? Like, should people want to be out of shape? I was actually having this discussion over Christmas with um my with my family about how like because my you know I think I think it was my dad was mentioning the amount of injuries in the NBA and stuff like that. Like people always bring that up, you know, no one ever plays. Um, and I, I sort of brought up like if like everyone, the athleticism increase over the past, I mean, even 10 years is extreme, but like 30 years is so extreme. And it's not like the human body's joints and bones have gotten stronger. It's we've trained better and we, we've learned how to, build stronger muscles and all that stuff. But that just, that puts more strain on those joints and those bones, which just that those things don't, we can't like build those necessarily as, as stronger um, compared to like muscles and stuff. I think guys just get hurt because they play so recklessly and so athletically um, that it's sort of unprecedented. And then you get a guy like Jokic who just doesn't, he just plays basketball like he's going for a walk in the park and you're just not really going to get hurt that way. So it's just a really interesting sort of dichotomy. And it's ironic. I mean, he plays that way because he's not a great athlete. This would be a different conversation if we, if like Embiid or Giannis started playing like that, we'd be like, this is so bizarre. Um, And Anthony Davis is a guy who's been criticized for playing too soft in the past. Um, Ironically, he also got hurt, gets hurt all the time. Right. So that's, that's a sort of weird discussion, but um yeah, I think there's something to be said about not exerting that sort of athletic effort and how it can it can just keep you healthy um, over a long stretch. I think the lesson is just don't leave the ground. Every time you leave right. the ground, you're you're opening yourself up to <laughs> rolling the ankle, landing on somebody else. Like, yeah, I mean, it's it's it, we're joking and it sounds basic, but it really, you know, it, you you think of like the reasons that we talk about worrying about John Morant. And it's a hundred percent because he's just launching himself into the air. And you don't, when you, when you jump into a crowd of bodies, you don't know where you're going to come down. You, you can't necessarily plan that. And yeah, if you just, if you just don't leave the ground or when you do leave the ground, you only get like four inches. So no, like a foot can't even fit underneath your foot. Uh, yeah. You're going to be in good shape. All right. I got two more for you. Alperin Shangoon or Christian Wood. 
Um, that's interesting. I don't. I don't necessarily think Shangun is a guy who's going to suddenly start getting like way more touches in the second half of the year. Sort of like we talked about, where it's like they're already a young team, and for him, it's they they don't like to extend him too far. Like I don't I don't think he's getting more minutes, and I think Christian Wood. I think Christian Wood getting more minutes is sort of like more crucial to their success. And I, uh, I, you know, I know they don't, they don't love to play Christian Wood. Like he's playing 28 minutes a game for a reason, but um, I think I'm going to take Christian Wood here. Um, I just think they need him more. They just need him more. They need him to play. They need him to, to continue to win games. And I think he's going he's just going to be so crucial to what they do in the playoffs to try to win the NBA championship. They just need yeah. to play him more and need to feature him more. And that just doesn't, it's not necessarily the case for Shangun. I mean, Wood has been good enough lately that the Mavs are like openly talking about signing him to extension, which I, I don't know if I would do that. I'm not a I'm not a Christian Wood guy by any means, but you're totally right. I think the the injury to Maxi Kleba, which we don't really have a timeline. I don't, he could miss the whole year. I mean, tore his hamstring. Uh, it's about as severe as it gets. You know, if you're if you're talking non Achilles ACL, uh, that's kind of forced him back into a bigger role because it felt like Christian Wood, you know, high expectations coming in. He scored twenty plus in his first three games, and then he was kind of in the doghouse for a while, as he's wont to do. But last eight, 20 points, nine rebounds, over two blocks. You know, shooting a ton of threes, hitting almost two and a half a game. So, yeah, I, I think you're right and. I think there's a belief with Shangun that as the year goes on, you know, maybe they'll extend his workload, but it's like, why hasn't that happened yet? You know, if it happened, is it, ha if it hasn't happened now, this is not a team that's going to have a, a dramatically different team context, you know, in, in March and April than it does right now. So I, I, I don't think there's a great chance that all of a sudden Shangun's averaging 35 minutes a night for the final 30 games of the year. No, I don't think so. All right. Last one. And then we'll get out of here. Ben Simmons or Michael Porter jr. Wow. I love this one. I know. I'm, I'm sorry to ask you this, but I have to. And Simmons, baby. Let's go. Um, Porter, you know, they're both relatively injury prone. But the reality is, like, we haven't heard that much about Ben Simmons lately, and it's because he's playing well. Exactly. <laughs> uh, with Kyrie. Yeah. And um, Ben Simmons right now, 8-cat, 84th per game. Obviously, there's still some concerns that he's 46% free throw shooting, not that he's getting there a lot. But the steals and blocks, he's been racking them up lately. And I, for, you know, for as great of a shooter as, as Porter Jr. is, and for as much upside as he has, he's extremely one dimensional. He's going to get you your points, and he's going to get you your threes, and the rebounds are decent. But, I, I think I would just rather have Ben Simmons. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I, I think I'm with you. I, I think I trust Ben Simmons to stay healthier the rest of the way than Porter. And it, it's a dicey proposition either way. Uh, I would not be shocked if it, you know, Porter ended up playing more games. Like I, I don't feel that strongly about it, but I mean, the, the Porter thing, at least it wasn't a back issue, I guess with this latest absence, but it, it just feels like that back is going to be something that never really fades away. Um, and I, I, I just, I don't really trust it. Uh, and even so, I mean, he's coming off of a 30 point game last night against Sacramento at five threes, but he's, 
he's a little streaky as a shooter. Uh, you know, overall, it, it does tend to work out for him. He's over 40% from three on the year, but gives you nothing at all defensively. Uh, you know, bears basically like one combined block and steal per game gives you nothing as a passer. He's an average rebounder for his position and really outside of the threes. I mean, he's not a good free throw shooter, which is strange. He, he has the, the type of shot that you think would, would imply good free throw shooting. That's not the case. And he's only averaging 17 points a game. You know, it's like for, for somebody who is pretty one dimensional, like if you're, if you're, if your whole calling card is going to be points and threes, you got to be giving me more than 17 points. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be hard for him to reach that ceiling, not ceiling, but his, his stats in 2020, 21, where he was, you know, like 19 points on 54% shooting. I just don't think he's going to get back there. And they've, they've, they're so used to playing without him at this point that he doesn't have to be like featured or, or anything like that for them to win. You know, it's not like they, they're going to lose games if Michael Porter doesn't take at least yep. seven, 15 shots. That's not the case. Yep. Uh, very, very comparable fantasy players, completely different players. I mean, really could not be more opposite, but I think there's a case to be made for either one. Uh, you know, Simmons is the, uh, the more valuable player in eight cat by a pretty good margin. Uh, Porter has the edge in nine cat, obviously Simmons handles ball more. That's why. Um, and you know, free throw percentage. That's seems like there should be, you know, that should be a glaring minus for Simmons, but he just doesn't get to the line. Like that's, that's, that's the one saving grace, I guess, if, if, of the like Ben Simmons needs to be more aggressive crowd. It's like, well, if he's being more aggressive, then he'd be you know, <laughs> a, a complete zero at the free throw line. I mean, he has six free throw attempts in his last nine games. I mean, that's, that's Lonzo ball esque. It really is. Yeah. All right. That was fun. We'll do this again uh, in a few weeks. Uh, I think next week we're going to have uh, Brandon Kravitz, Orlando Magic radio host. Uh, he's going to join us, talk some magic, and kind of give us a kind of a re update, uh, I suppose, now that they're a little bit healthier. Last time we chatted, Suggs was hurt, Cole Anthony was hurt. Uh, going to do kind of a check in on Paolo Bancaro. Uh, and then we'll go either around the East or the West, maybe even both if we have time next week, Alex. But uh, always enjoy chatting with you and Enjoy the rest of your week. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.